Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. It is 7 o'clock on a Thursday night. It's the first Thursday in September, and here we are. It's Prep Sports Weekly, back again for another year. Tom Lafferty with Steve Willits. Steve, it's the end of summer. 13 weeks later, and we are, in fact, back. How are you, Tom? Uh, not bad. Not bad. It, it feels like we never left, right? Yeah, we're, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> we still got this 80-degree weather out here. I mean, it's, it's tough to beat the Pacific Northwest this time of year. If only, if only we had sports to cover, but you know what? We've got plenty to talk about. We've got plenty to talk about. I was uh, telling Tim Hunter, our morning guy, that I think I figured it out that I've gone to a high school football game the first week of the year for more than 50 years. Wow. <laughs> I, I wasn't alive back then, so <laughs> oh, no, I, you, your streak uh, definitely beats mine. But Yeah. Yeah, it does seem kind of weird. I, you know, I completely had forgotten about it until I think you might have been the one that mentioned it to me. I mean, obviously, I look at a calendar and figure this out fairly quickly, but we would have had football tomorrow night. Right, and I I'm so far out of that realm right now to where it didn't even dawn on me that we were that close already. Well, I we mean, sh- we should have foot. The fair should be going on right now, mm-hmm. so it's hot out the fair, and then we would have a high school football game tomorrow night, and then the last three games of the Aquasock season would be Saturday, Sunday, Ugh. and Labor Day Monday. Gut punch after gut punch, right? <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, nonetheless, uh, been a great summer around here. Hopefully, everybody's been staying safe and healthy and enjoying themselves and social distancing, of course, and hopefully uh, we're just that much closer now to uh, to watching sports again. Again, 13 weeks ago, we were in this very studio uh, wrapping things up, and uh, time kind of flies. Now we're back at it again, and again, we'll still find plenty to talk about. There are sure. numerous athletes who deserve to have their stories told. Hopefully, a lot of them will get a chance to get out there and to display their talents later on this year. We just need to be patient. We just need to wait. We'll get there. And the, you know what's nice? The guy that knows all the answers. <laughs> the guy who we had on the last show, by the way. Right. 91 days ago, 13 weeks ago tonight. And nothing's changed. No, well, I have a feeling a lot's changed for him because okay. he's had to have his finger on a lot of pulses. But yeah, Robert Polk is going to be joining us here in just a moment, the athletic director for the Ed, uh, Everett School District. So he's got three high schools, numerous middle schools, and other responsibilities. Uh, I guess, should I should I pause? I, show number let's, one, do we need to give sponsor uh, uh, We will in a little bit. Let's go to Robert first. Okay, let's go ahead and go right to Robert. So, Robert Polk, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. How are you guys tonight? We're, we're doing outstanding. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it seems like a different time. Obviously, again, you would be, be normally getting ready for football games over at Everett Memorial tomorrow night. You'd be getting ready for volleyball and cross-country meets and everything else. And yet here we sit. Is it How much different is it for you right now? That's very different, of course. Uh, I hear Tom talking about not having a football game on Friday night for the first time in 50 years. Um, I'm much younger than Tom, so for me it's been about 30 years. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and it's very real. I was just communicating with some other athletic directors, and it's like, well, what do you guys want to do tomorrow night since we have nothing else going on? So, um, yeah, very different, you know, to not be um, – making sure we have our game staff and making sure the locker rooms are ready to go. And, um, you know, and the the hardest part is it's hard to even plan and prepare for the seasons we have set in place right now because we don't have all the information we need. So it's a little little challenging. The people who like to be busy are uh, looking for work right now. 
Yeah, indeed. So as far as your your time right now, what what are all are you involved with? I know obviously like you said there everybody's kind of in this holding pattern right now and there's really no no sports on the schedule for the next couple of months. Uh, again, I know you have other responsibilities at the district as well, but as far as your time as the athletic director, what does a day in the life of Robert Polk look like in in September? Yeah, so right now um it's um We've been involved with a number of meetings with the WA office and District 1, of course, and um, trying to make plans and, and what it might look like. So, for example, uh, we recently held our WA fall forums across the state where we talk about rule changes and so on, and just to make sure we're all on the same page. But this time we also had a chance to have conversations about what does state postseason look like? What are your thoughts and ideas around that? Um, Conversations about um, the length of length of our seasons being adjusted. Uh, conversations about eligibility of athletes, particularly this unique time when the state of Idaho, for example, they are playing football in the fall, and if a kid moves there and then moves back in January to their previous school, can they play? So that's been a lot of the work right now, just trying to find answers to some of these very unique questions. What is the answer to that question in regards to the Idaho example? You sure, just yeah. So a kid actually could uh, play a season of football in Idaho and then come back and play a season of football in Washington this year. Uh, we will have some um, safety protocols, per se, in place. We're going to require any athlete, not just football, to uh, get a, a new sports physical and also go through the concussion screening uh, just to ensure that they are good to go after, especially in football, with the how grueling it can be on the body. So, but it is possible. Wasn't really one of the questions I was originally going to ask you because it wasn't even on my radar until about two days ago when we set this up. Prior to that, uh, down in Olympia today, I know a number of athletes were down there trying to petition. Uh, government officials trying to get everything expedited and get sports up and running again in the fall. Is that even a possibility right now? Is that something that the WIAA would be open to? I mean, obviously so many things have to happen and things are still fluid from day to day in terms of the pandemic. Where does that stand right now? Um, I believe that athletic directors, coaches, and the WIAA are very interested in finding ways to get kids engaged and involved. Uh, kids are missing it. The adults are missing it. Um, and it's so important to your overall health, um, the connection to, to a social group outside of your family uh, just makes us all stronger and better. Um, however, the, my personal belief is the chances of that happening are pretty slim, considering that the majority of uh, school districts, particularly in our region, are under remote learning right now. And... The Office of the Superintendent has been very clear um, since the summer that if we are remote, then we should not be offering other in-person activities. I think the, um, the optics of my kid has to go to school online, but it's okay for him to come in for practice. That optic just doesn't look great in the eyes of the community. And so um, there are a lot of things to think about, perceptions to address, and and so I, I'd be very surprised if there was a change. You know, we're all sitting home now and watching the NBA in a bubble and the NHL in a bubble. They, they've they done it perfectly. You can't do that in high school. You just can't, right? No, you really can't. It, the, you're talking about isolating a group of kids away from their families. 
Uh, they, you know, we'd have to find dorm space for them, basically, which is what the NFL and NBA is doing. Um, yeah, it, it's a nice idea, but uh, the cost of it and the logistics of it uh, would be pretty daunting. Well, and you just said cost, so let's let's talk money. You got to play with fans, right? That's how that's how things are generated in the sports world. That's correct. Yes, butts in the seats help us uh, support all the programs that we run at our schools, and and we think in terms of supporting our athletic teams, but those funds also help support our clubs and activities uh, outside of athletics as well. You mentioned earlier that the WIA has been in contact with the athletic directors throughout the state over the summer. How often are you able to stay in contact with them? Are there daily meetings? Are there weekly Zoom meetings? And how transparent has everybody been throughout this process? Uh, I would I give great compliments to the WI staff. Um, while we had a summer, I had, had an opportunity to do a great driving trip. Uh, those folks were working all summer long, meeting with a number of committees uh, to make decisions and, and lead us down the road. Um, yeah, I, I just can't say enough great things about their work. Uh, their transparency, transparency has been excellent. Um, the, the board itself, they usually take a bit of a hiatus during the summer. This past summer they were meeting every two weeks, three or four hours at a time, to tackle some of the, the issues they needed to tackle for us. Um, the WA has taken to creating what they're calling a two-minute drill. So anytime there's new information that comes out, they will launch the information through a, a video um, discussion basically advertising what's going on along with the documents that support the information they just uh, that around the decisions they made um, so there have been no surprises um, and the the decision making is very thoughtful and um, they worked hard with the state health department with OSPI uh, getting their information and, and making decisions based on the policies and that, that those two entities are supporting. Now, admittedly, I have to be honest, I, I've been kind of tuning out a lot of this over the last couple of months just because, quite frankly, there's not a lot of new things to report on. As somebody who maybe hasn't been following it as closely as, say, May and June when we were all over this, have there been any changes that we should be making note of that maybe – have kind of slid under the radar. Is there anything new that's been reported in recent weeks or days, or what? What all are we should we be keeping an eye on as we move forward into the fall and beyond? Yeah, no, you make a good point, Steve. Um, so the probably the biggest thing, obviously, we're not having sports this fall, and due to that, um, the sports seasons have been adjusted significantly. And so at this time, we'll be starting our typical winter season that usually starts in the middle of November, that will actually start the last week of December now. Um, basketball, wrestling, and so on, those winter sports will go through the end of, um, of February. And then in early March, we'll start our fall sports. So that's when we'll see football, girls' soccer, volleyball, and so on uh, take place for two months. And then our spring sports will start right after that. And actually, the plan right now is to run spring sports through June 26th. So typically, we are finishing our spring sports seasons with state championships around Labor or excuse me, Memorial Day. So that's that's a drastic shift. Um, it it's great that we're going to have ki- get kids a chance to play, but um, part of the protests that we're seeing um, 
with the not the protest, but you know, I guess the protest in Olympia for these kids who want to play right That'll now. Work. That'll work. Yeah. Yeah. They they want to play now because if we're playing a football season in January in a uh, February or March, a lot of those Division One athletes are going to early enroll to their university, like Sam Heward, for example. So they won't even get a chance to play their senior year. So there's a lot of implications around that. Um, and then going to the end of of June, we run into to a number of conflicts with graduation dates, and um, seniors might have to make some choices about playing a baseball game versus going to graduation, going to the prom. So uh, it's a very different thing that we'll have to tackle, and, and we'll come up with some great ideas and solutions and work hard to make it right for every kid. It would just be nice to be able to have a choice between a baseball game and a prom, seeing that in 2020 mm-hmm. neither one of those options were on the table. So I guess if that's the uh, – the worst thing that we're dealing with in, in June or May, I think we'll take that, right? Uh, and I appreciate you saying that because um, we've heard this from Mick Hoffman, the WI executive director, a number of times. You know, all the talk conversations around COVID and adjustments around that. We look forward to the time when people are grumbling about that bad call by the umpire <laughs> that, that cost us the game. So, yes, absolutely, we'll take it. Hey, and one other question I had for you, too, as far as implementing procedures to keep everybody safe. Assuming that everything goes as scheduled and we're having a different conversation here in December and January and players are starting to return to whether it's locker rooms or the weight room or wherever it may be, have you started to kind of already work on things and put things in place to keep everybody safe at that time? Or is that something that you're going to be implementing as we go forward here? So the National Federation of High Schools, which basically is the umbrella group for all of our state associations, came out with some guidance in those areas uh, back in the spring. The WIA developed its own uh, set of guidelines and guidance um, after that based upon the National Federation information. Uh, That information was then, uh, the WIA guidance was then vetted through the State Health Department and OSPI. And so in that information, it talks about um, the requirement for masks, how large a group can be when you meet, uh, whether or not locker rooms can be available. It also talks about what phase of our return uh, we need to be in for particular sports to be permitted to play. So, for example, if we're in phase two, we conceivably could play tennis. But football and wrestling, we have to be in phase four or beyond for that sport. And so based on those guidelines and recommendations, each school district will work through those. Um, one topic we'll have to discuss, too, is if we get a chance to have a basketball season, how many people can we actually have in the stands? And so just like we've seen guidance around restaurants reopening and uh, the capacity size is being reduced, we'll be looking at similar restrictions to that as well. So, <laughs> so how do you, what do you say to parents that call and say, well, hey, we want our kid to play, or we're afraid when we are going to play. See, I think that's almost a bigger deal. Yeah. You know, hey, my start, our starting guard has asthma. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, – it, and, and, qu- and grandma and grandpa live at home. Yeah. Um, there's, it, it's possible that, that families will have to make choices. Um, I personally don't want to – not have seasons because of some individual situations, just like I hate to make a decision that might exclude kids. But um, for the greater good 
uh, when it is safe to do so, uh, we'll take every precaution possible to um, ensure kids aren't picking up the virus or transmitting the virus. But if families have those concerns uh, after we are told that we can go back, they may have to make a tough choice and, and not allow their kid to play that year. Well, Robert, thank you again, as always. I really appreciate you keeping us in the loop. I know you've done a fantastic job of that, going all the way back to March and letting us know what's going on, not only within the Everett School District, but also at the state level. And uh, speaking of transparent, you've uh, you've done a wonderful job of, of that, and we certainly do appreciate you uh, not only informing Tom and I, but also the rest of the folks out there who certainly, whether you're a parent or a student or an educator, administrator, whatever it might be, obviously it's uh, sometimes these answers are harder to come by than others. And I guess the biggest thing that we, we keep saying, and we've been saying it for six months now, two, two words that go together, stay tuned, right? <laughs> Absolutely, stay tuned. Always a pleasure to talk to you both. Well, thank you again. Robert Polk, the Athletic Director for the Everett School District, joining us. Thank you, Robert. And uh, interview number one in the books, and I think that's a great way to start it off, just getting Robert in here and giving us an update as to what's going on around here. Again, uh, a lot of questions that still need to be answered, and that's not at a school district level. That's not at a high school sports level. It's what we're dealing with here in, in well, our it's, world it's right really, now. It's really so. at the yeah. microbiology level. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what that's what we're kind of waiting for. So today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, by Ace Hardware Stores and Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood, by Glass by Lund, by the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, and by the law office of Russell and Hill. What do we have next on the I, – I kind of interrupted you, but I wanted to get the get Robert underway. No, that, well done. Yeah, no, we're going to be talking to the King brothers after we go to a commercial break. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this, and I guess we can go ahead and let the cat out of the bag here a little bit. I know it's probably been in print somewhere at this point, but uh, – Normally, this time of year, in early September, you would be getting ready for the Snohomish County Sports uh, Banquet. The Amongst sports all the other stuff going on. Yeah, right. You'd be you'd be getting ready to emcee that event, the event you've emceed for numerous years, where we induct all of our, our local legends, if you will, into the Sports Hall of Fame. And one of the thing that, things that's been a part of that uh, over the last few years is the KRKO Russell and Hill Male and Female Student Athletes of the Year. These are senior athletes who just completed graduation back in June, who have now moved on to college, and we honor them in terms of their rec- – and recognize them for their athletics and their work in the, the classroom and sometimes even in the the community as well. And we've got – we had two really good ones this year that we went with. And the the female athlete was Kylie Hubby from Lake Stevens High School, uh, won state championships in wrestling two different years, was also a on uh, the Lake Stevens softball team in 2019 that finished second in state – she was second team all state as a catcher and would have no doubt had a chance to get first team or maybe even beyond that this year. Unfortunately, her season wiped out due to COVID-19. Right. So Kaylee was our our, uh, our female athlete of the year. Our male student athlete is Matt King from Glacier Peak. Uh, Matt is a swimmer and a phenomenal one at that, a Washington State Swimmer of the Year. Uh, won two state championships back in February while swimming for Glacier Peak. Not only did he win two state championships, set state records in both of his events. Uh, blew them out of the water. Blew them out of the water, pun intended. And uh, now Matt's heading down to the University of Alabama, or he's already there, where he's going to be studying engineering. A phenomenal student in the classroom, high 3.9 GPA. So we knew we wanted to have Matt on in September here. We already had Kylie on during a, a podcast interview a few weeks ago, which people can find on our right. website. Yep. So we wanted to bring Matt on, but we figured we'd make it a two-for-one because I think a lot of folks around here know of Matt, but they also know of his brother, Brian King, 
Brian, who graduated a few years ago from Everett High School, uh, was a player on the Everett Silvertips uh, hockey team, was also valedictorian over at Everett while he was their 4.0 student, and he's been doing some amazing things in school and in the business world. So we figured we'd bring both of the King brothers on to talk to them about what they're up to these days. So you definitely don't want to miss this interview. We're going to have them on live right after we go to the commercial break. And then later on in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a gentleman by the name of, uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame locally, Keith Kingsbury, who was the longtime basketball coach over at Edmonds Community College, uh, head coach there for 32 years, I believe starting in 1973. Four year, for the four years prior to that, he was the assistant coach at Edmonds. Uh, unfortunately, Keith passed away just about a week and a half ago at the age of 80 after a battle with cancer. So we're going to do a tribute to him tonight. We're going to talk to some of his former coaches and players and uh, and a who's who of, of folks in, in this community as well, I might add. Uh, we're going to hear from Randy Hansen, who sat on uh, Kingsbury's bench for 16 years as an assistant coach. We're going to hear from Nate Duchesne, who you know very well. Yep. Uh, basketball uh, royalty around here, if you will, as a player, as a coach and administrator, now as the principal at Mariner High School. He also played for Coach Kings. Uh, Nalen Sood, who is the head coach over at Mount Lake Terrace High School, who's had a very close relationship with Coach Kingsbury. And then also Mike Broom, who is the head basketball coach at Ballard High School. Mike and his father, Gene, both played for Coach. There you go. Full show. It's a very full show, and we will continue that full show right after this timeout. It's Prep Sports Weekly on KRKO. Everett Bone and Joint is now open for business and ready to provide excellent care to our community. COVID-19 has changed how they interact with their patients, but will not change their commitment to providing the Everett community superior and timely orthopedic care. Currently, EBJ is limiting access to patients only. Family members may wait in the car, and all EBJ staff is masked for patient safety. Patients are asked to arrive at the clinic masked and stay masked throughout the visit. For more information, visit EBJProliantSurgeons.com. KRKO is back and playing great songs like this. Welcome to the Hotel California. And this. Got a black magic woman. AM 1380 and Everett 95.3 FM. And anywhere on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Just go to krko.com and click on the Listen Live button. Everett's greatest hits are on KRKO. If you or someone you know has a disability or chronic illness and COVID-19 has made it harder to get care, information, supplies, or to connect with people, Center for Independence can help. Serving eight western Washington counties, CFI is here to help community members with disabilities access the support needed to safely stay home, stay healthy, and stay connected. Learn more at centerforindependence.org or call 888-482-4839. That's 888-482-4839. Gary Duke here from Honda of Marysville with a public service announcement. Beware, there are local dealers selling new Hondas that are requiring customers to buy unnecessary add-ons. They lure you in with a low ball price, and once you get there, they surprise you, and you're required to buy aftermarket alarms, added Honda accessories, and even charge you a prep fee to get the car ready. That's crazy. That's why you can rest assured Honda of Marysville is a dealer you can trust with straightforward pricing. If you want to buy extras for your car, it's up to you, not the dealer. Save yourself the time and frustration and experience our culture of care. Come see us in person or at hondaofmarysville.com. 
Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanley. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. And Prep Sports Weekly continues here on KRKO. Tom Blafferty along with Steve Willits. Night number one of the 2020-21 season. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting ride. Hang on. 2020-2021. That, that's going to take some getting used to. I know. Talk about an interesting <laughs> season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in, in a number of ways, and even that just doesn't sound right at this point. But, hey, glad that we're, we're talking anyway. So uh, let's go ahead and keep moving on. We've got two very special guests joining us right now. They have the same last name, and that's because they're brothers. Uh, talk about two gentlemen who have accomplished a lot in very little time in their life. Uh, we're going to honor little brother more so than big brother first because he's the one that uh, that got an award recently from us, and we want to make sure that we honor him with that. So we've got Matt King on the phone. Matt is a uh, Glacier Peak alum. Got to like the sound of that, Matt. That's kind of new. So uh, three months ago, graduated from Glacier Peak High School. And as we mentioned right before the break, he is our Russell and Hill KRKO Male Student Athlete of the Year for 2019-2020. And eventually here we'll get him a trophy and also honor him at a banquet that should be happening, should have been happening this month, but we'll do that next year at this point. And uh, Matt is down at the University of Alabama where his brother Brian also attends school, and they're both in Tuscaloosa right now together. Brian, of course, Everett High School graduate and uh, 4.0 student back in the day and uh, played for the Everett Silvertips, so I think a lot of folks around here know that name. But, Matt, we got to talk to you first because, again, you are the uh, award recipient. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. That means a lot. No, absolutely. And I know we, we talked to you back in February before everything kind of blew up on us here. We had you into the studio. And I remember at that time we were having a conversation about you winning the swimmer of the meet at the state championships. And you kind of mentioned that they just kind of called you over and gave you an award and you didn't even know what was going on. I guess it, it never gets old, though, does it? I mean, do you, do you enjoy winning these awards? I know obviously it's not what you're in it for, but it, it's got to be rewarding to you as you graduate to know that maybe this just adds something a little more special to what was otherwise a very surreal senior year. <laughs> no, it, it definitely means a lot. Every every award means a lot, especially this one. You know, like it's nice to see that all of your hard work pays off over time. And you know, I just got to thank like everyone that's helped me along the way from teachers to parents, to family, to teammates, friends, everyone, you know, I can't do it without all of them. And every award that you get, it just reflects back on all of that and how much I've done. And it really, it means a lot. So thank you so much for that. And Brian, we had you on the air back in 2017 when you were still a student at Everett. And at the time I remember, well, I didn't remember, I went back and listened to it earlier, but uh, you mentioned your your little brother who was a freshman at the time at Glacier Peak. And you, you sounded like a very... Uh, proud proud older brother at that point in time uh kind of kind of neat for you to to see what he's been doing i know you've been watching from afar as you haven't been in state or even in country at times uh you, you kind of enjoyed uh, watching the journey uh, along the way here oh yeah for sure yeah i'm definitely even more proud you know back when he was a freshman he was doing great things but uh 
now seeing what he's doing now is amazing. So I'm really proud of him. Well, Brian, I got to ask you, how strange is it to watch TV and see your boy Carter Hart playing for the in the Stanley Cup Finals? Oh, I know it's amazing, you know. And I, I'll sit here and me and my roommate, we're, we're always uh, turning on hockey now that you know it's kind of hard to leave your room and do anything else. But I'm like, <laughs> hey, I played with Carter Hart, and he's like, oh my god, really? So yeah, it's it's awesome to see him, and it's great to see how much how much success he's had, you know. It's uh, it's amazing to think how far he's come. Well, in fact, and, uh, I wish him all the best in the future for sure. We've been sitting here doing this show. What did it end up tonight? Did you watch? I, I didn't end up watching the game tonight. I had some meetings. I had to run. I'm on part of the Eco Car Club at UA, so we uh, we're converting a we get a gas powered car. We're converting it over to a semi autonomous uh, hybrid vehicle. So that's what I'm working on now. So I don't get to catch every game. That is so weird because Tom and I were doing the exact same thing about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> not not true at all, actually. Well, and you're you're leading us right into a lot of conversations here because, like I said, both of you you guys, and not it's not just you two; it's your whole family, right? I mean, uh, Matt, you're, you're what? Mom's a microbiologist, right? Dad, Dad's an airline pilot. I know there, there's an yep. older brother too that was pre med last time. I think we we spoke to Brian. I, how many how many kids are in the family? Well, there's there's three of us. Okay, Chris um, is definitely the the smartest. He's he's kind of a genius. He's at Arizona right now doing some honestly I don't even know what smart stuff he's doing it's something to do with like astrochemistry I don't what is it Brian what is he doing I was saying molecular spectroscopy. I don't know. Me and Matt don't know what half the stuff he's doing is anyway. So. <laughs> well we don't know what half the stuff you guys are doing and Brian let's just get right to it because I mean this I cannot even begin to tell you how often this blows my mind when I think about it when we've Matt was talking about it back in February. I know we've we've read about it before, but you went over, so now you are you're studying uh, mechanical engineering at Alabama, correct? Correct. Now you went over to Stuttgart, Germany, and I think you know, you can kind of fill in the blanks here, but I know you you studied over there, and not only did you study over there, you studied in German. Now I would go to Germany to study German. You studied mechanical engineering in German, and then you did a internship with Mercedes-Benz, where you had to speak German, right? So talk a little bit about what you've been up to. Yeah, so that's what I was up to. I ended up, I think, last time I talked with you all, I was still on the silver tips. I hadn't even graduated high school yet. But I uh, ended up coming down here to Alabama and joining this uh, German exchange program, which was uh, it was in coordination between Mercedes, our school, and then Hochschule Essling in, in, in Germany. And uh, I came in my freshman year, couldn't speak a lick of German, uh, had two years to learn it. Um, we then went over to Germany. It was last fall, and as you said, wound up taking all my engineering courses in German. Uh, had to learn the language. A lot of guys over there didn't speak any English. And then after that, went and started my internship at Mercedes. Uh, due to COVID, unfortunately, it only lasted uh, around a month. I got to come back here and work at Mercedes in the U.S. and Alabama. But uh, I was over there for a good eight, nine months, and it was an amazing experience. Well, talk a little bit about the I, the GPA. I heard that didn't exactly suffer over there either, right? <laughs> no, I ended up uh, acing all my tests over there. So they have a little different system. They end up, you take one test at the end of each class, and that's uh, 100% of your grade. So it was definitely stressful when uh, finals came around. But, you know, I was able to do extremely well. So And, Matt, you you can go ahead and help me spill the beans on this one. I heard, I heard Brian won an award while he was over there too. Is that correct? Uh, is there some sort of leadership award, Brian? 
<laughs> yes, I did. From uh, the University of Alabama, they uh, give out a lot of awards and stuff. So I was uh, really proud to get that. It's good, as Matthew said in the beginning of the show, uh, always good to be recognized for your hard work. And, uh, you know, you can, it also reflects on uh, everyone else who's helped support you along the way. You know, my family, obviously, obviously of course, Matthew, who's on here, too. So, Matt, between Brian and older brothers, is it Chris? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So between Brian, Chris, mom, and dad, I mean, obviously academics are stressed in the house. I mean, was that something that, I mean, were you not able, were you not able to, to eat dinner until you showed that you had a 4.0? Or, I mean, obviously, I'm kidding, obviously, but, I mean, all three of you, outstanding students, not good students, phenomenal students. And mom and dad, obviously, are very intelligent Uh Talk just a little bit about, you know, growing up in a household like that. How how much of an emphasis was put on that, uh, academics? And did you have to get everything done before you could swim or, or play hockey? It was never, like, a, um, that uh, strict or anything. I just remember Chris was always really, really smart. And I feel like, I don't know about Brian if he feels the same way, but I feel like I always had to kind of live up to what Chris was doing. And he was always acing everything. So I was kind of like, well, now now i got to be smart, too, I guess. So, uh that then we all kind of just did our own thing. It was just kind of like the norm to just try as hard as you can in school, you know? And then you guys end up at Alabama. And, Brian, I guess we should ask this first. I, I meant to ask this at the beginning of the interview. How are you guys doing down there? Because, obviously, we see it on the news. I know the University of Alabama has been hit very hard with, with the pandemic and with COVID. Uh, as far as your health, as far as your safety, uh, talk a little bit about that. How are you doing down there? How is everybody around you doing? And do you feel like you're in a safe spot right now? Yeah, uh, so Matt and I, we're doing pretty well down here. All our friends, everyone we know is uh, safe and healthy, which is always good to hear. Uh, as you said, you know, I think Alabama's been in the news a bit uh, with all that. So Alabama, the, the university is taking some actions. So uh, to kind of curb the negative publicity, I guess, you know, uh, not allowed to eat in dining halls anymore. You can't just walk into a library. So, uh, you know, life's really changed, obviously, dramatically. Uh, you know, six months ago, I don't think we any of us thought we'd be doing school basically virtually from our computers. So it's it's different for sure, but Matthew and I and uh, I think everyone we know is doing pretty well, is uh, healthy at the moment. So we're really lucky for that. Well, and Matt, for you as a freshman, it's got to be kind of strange uh, – very surreal way to start off your college career, obviously. And normally there's orientations and you get to kind of work your way in slowly and it's a different world right now. I mean, what's, what's the freshman year of Alabama look like for you so far? I know it's just getting rolling, but uh, definitely a different environment. I've got to think. You know, it has been unique, definitely, but I actually kind of have kind of enjoyed it because, you know, going transitioning from high school to college, I think a lot of people get overwhelmed by like, you know, just everything, there's all these like, people and you have to rush around campus and do all this other stuff and it's crowded. And now here, it just seems so much more laid back. Like, I feel like I can kind of ease into college now that, like, I know there's not a lot of positives to COVID, but I think this would be one of them because now I don't have to, like, rush to class and, like, walking around campus, I don't feel, like, overwhelmed by the, the, the amount of people and everything. So it's actually been kind of a nice experience not having to, like, worry about so much of this college stuff because it's kind of more laid back than it typically would be at this time of year. So Matt, you, you recorded a video. Where was that video recorded? Cause it's really cool with that silver a behind you. Where is that? Where was that done? Oh, that's over. 
um, by the uh, the basketball stadium. They have like a wall. I think it's called like the Wall of Champions or something like that. And so there's the big the Alabama A, and then they have every sports team lined up along there with like every single national champion, SEC champion, and like they have like busts of all the coaches that have won national championships. It's a really cool little park area over there. I thought it would be a cool place to take that video. But there were a lot of um, uh, big bugs, uh, cicadas tripping in the background, so I hope those (laughs) those didn't get the way of the video. And we should let everybody know that video was in regards to him winning the award for the Student Athlete of the Year, so that video will be made available I think online here very shortly from the Snohomish County Sports Commission. and It'll be on our website as well. On our website as well, so... And Brian, I should tell you, uh, end of the first overtime, four-four tie the Flyers and the Islanders. No, yeah, I haven't turned that on. <laughs> <laughs> Carter getting lit up a little bit tonight, but he's been playing fantastic. He's got forty-seven saves. So, so Matt, wow. we got to ask you here. I mean, and, and some of these numbers again. Uh, I know we talked about it a little bit in February, but I'm looking at some things right now. I know you are a World 100 athlete. You're internationally ranked as the 17th uh, best men's 50 meter freestyle in the world for 18 and under. I know you uh, you anchored a leg in the 200-meter medley relay, uh, which set a national age group record for 17- and 18-year-olds on a national team. You were on the 2019 Junior National 100 freestyle. Uh, you were the national champion, I should say, and runner-up in the 50 freestyle. So much uh, that has been accomplished and hopefully more to come still. Where where are you right now in that regard? Because I know last time we talked, you were getting ready to go to Omaha for the Olympic trials. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, I would assume that your time carries over to next year so that you'll still be able to do that and to get invited. So where are you in terms of your swimming right now, uh, looking forward internationally, at the college level? Um, and what is your team doing right now? Are you even able to swim these days? Well, I mean, right now, we're allowed to swim right now. We're allowed on deck, though. So it's, it's kind of it's an odd experience, but you know we're still training and everything. And, you know, I, I was really looking forward to going to Omaha for the Olympic trials, but um, now that they've been bumped back a year, it actually kind of has been beneficial because now I get to train like D1 for a year in college, which I think will really help me. Um, and by then I might be able to do a lot better than I would have last year at the trials if they had held them. So I think that's kind of helped there. And um, other than that, yeah, we've gotten back to the water. I don't know what they're going to do with our season. Um, right now, I think they're still planning on having these dual meets and everything. But, you know, everybody is really unsure about a lot of stuff. You know, the coaches, like, haven't, I mean, you know, they haven't told us everything because they don't know everything. And I have no idea what's to come. Um, but I'm just hoping for the best. I'm just going to keep trying as hard as I can and just see what happens. And I did want to ask you, too, I know that yeah. for, for the... For the Olympic trials and for the Olympics, I know they swim in a 50-meter pool, and, and you're considered a sprinter. You do 50 and 100 a lot. Um, the NCAA pool is 25 meters, correct? So does that change? How different is that for you when you're getting ready for things like Olympic trials? And I'm, I'm not a swimmer, um, so obviously maybe you can speak to that more than... Well, uh, I think swimming short course where it's only 25 instead of 50, you know, I'm not going to say it's easier, but it's definitely... A totally different race like both the 100 and the 50 they're totally different races when you switch over to long course and you're doing 50 meters you know you got i think you just got to train a lot harder because um i don't know the training for the 50 free in yards is um i mean we, we train in yards most of the season anyways so by the time you get to there you're kind of used to that yards thing but it's really rare that we train in a 50-meter pool, 
you got to really get used to it fast when we hop over to long course. So when, we, when we're getting ready to trials and we start training in 50 meters, you got to get used to it fast because it's a big difference. And if you're not ready for it, it kind of hits you like a truck. Well, and as the U.S. swimming is going, I'm thinking that the Phelpses and the Lochtes and all those guys, they're starting to age out, right? It's time for time for fresh guys to come in? Yep, yep. Um, I mean, now that, I mean, Caleb Dressel, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's like the fastest guy right now. You know, there's always going to be fast people that you may not hear about them as much, but they're basically Michael Phelps. Um, and I'm hoping that one day I can be one of those people, but until then, I'm just going to keep watching them because people are doing incredible things these days. So, Brian, what's next for you? Obviously, I, I know you're, you're still back in school there at Alabama. You've come back from Germany. Uh, it sounds like you definitely have an interest in cars. I know you talked about the Eco Car Club and working for Mercedes-Benz. Do you do you have anything lined up down the road, or are you still working towards that? And how, how is that going? Yeah, so I, I still got three semesters left here at UA, so three semesters with Matthew, which is good. Get some time with the brother. But uh, after I graduate, you know, I'm definitely looking to stay in the uh, the automotive industry. I'm sure, as you have all have heard and seen, there's a big shift currently, you know, moving to we have hybrid and uh, all the electric cars coming out, uh, the shift to autonomous vehicles, it's definitely going to be a dramatic change. So that's uh, kind of the, the path I'm looking at taking right now and uh, definitely looking at staying with that, staying with Mercedes. Obviously, I've built up many connections here, so that's what it looks like going forward for me now. So looking into a crystal ball, are you 10 years from from now, are you in Germany working for Mercedes or your ideal job, or would it be in the in the States? Or You know, I do really like the States. I might be biased. I live here. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, yeah, so we'll see going forward, obviously, uh, having a, a job in the industry and uh, with so much communication between the countries. You know, we're in such a globalized society, society these days. You know, you never really know where you're going to end up if you're uh, really working hard and uh, – Looking for opportunities. Still keeping in touch with your former silver tip teammates, or yeah, for sure. A couple, you know, I just a couple of days ago I was talking to Cal Babbage a little. So uh, they uh, obviously they're all doing great, as you said, Carter Hart. I pulled up the game in front of me now just to look at the score, but obviously he's doing great. Everyone's it's amazing to see what everyone's doing. You know, it's been a, I guess it's been what three or four years since I left the team, so it's it's amazing to see what a lot of these guys are doing. And I did want to ask before we, we let you guys go, too. I noticed, Matt, I know you play a handful of instruments, right? Yeah. What yeah, do you play? Well, um, I play the piano, the guitar, the ukulele, the bagpipes. Um, I mean, that's kind of about it. I kind of mess around on a lot of other stuff. But I brought a lot of my, my instruments with me. I know Brian plays a lot of instruments, too. He plays the guitar and the piano. Well, that's where I was and going. Is there is there a band that's going to be formed here? I, I know you guys don't have a lot of time on your hands with everything else, but... Um, I mean, we we play together sometimes, rarely, but uh, I was hoping that uh, the music hall over here would be open for us to go into, but uh, I think it uh, caught on fire a little while ago, so it's uh, kind of boarded up right now. <laughs> so, really so we buried the lead story tonight. Apparently the music hall's on fire. <laughs> well, I hope everything's okay over there. How far apart do you guys live, by the way, Brian? Are you guys close by? To each other, yeah, yeah, we're we're close. Probably, I don't know, ten minute walk, five minute, ten minute walk. From yeah, each other, so yeah, we're, we're we're close to each other enough that we could see each other. Maybe start a band. We'll see. So, a little jam session, or you know, bust out Matt's ukulele and you play a little guitar and get something going. <laughs> the King Brothers, exactly. I tell you, the Jonases have nothing right the King the tongue, Brothers. Right? There you go. Does Does Chris play an instrument or? Yeah, yeah, he, he plays, plays a guitar. Play, 
Oh, he does. Okay. We got the trio of brothers right there. Yeah. It's like the Cowsels. Maybe mom and dad can sing, but nobody knows what (laughs) Just referenced a band from 50 years ago. I'm sorry. (laughs) On that note. Well, hey, again, guys, congratulations on everything. I mean, it's it's always fun to catch up. We've never had the two of you on together before, so this is kind of unique. And I I guess I'd be remiss if I don't at least throw this out there because... Matt has mentioned it twice in the past, although we kind of pushed him into it one time. But, Brian, Matt did tell us back in 2018 when he was first on that you are a hockey player or you were a hockey player because you couldn't swim, therefore they had to freeze the, the water for you to participate. Is that a, is that a true story, or do you, do you take any kind of offense to that, or are you okay with that? Uh, you know, I, I was on the swim team for a year with Matthew. Uh, I think at the time he was like seven. It was like 10 or 11, and uh, he may or may not have been faster than me, so that might have pushed me to play hockey a little more than swim. Yeah, but you can check him into the boards, though, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, again, uh, just tremendous accomplishments for all of you guys. And when I say all of you, I mean your brother as well, your brother Chris, who's not on the call. Uh, I think Mom and Dad have a lot of reason to be very proud. I know they're they're listening tonight, so give a shout out to them as well and uh yeah they've uh, they've done okay raising three three young men who are just doing outstanding things in the classroom obviously your your sports accolades speak for themselves and that's what got you onto this radio show and guys the, the sky's the limits for for both of you and we just can't wait to see what's uh, what's next and we hope you stay in touch and we can do this again sometime so brian and matt king from the university of alabama uh thank you both very much for joining us tonight and best wishes all right thank, thank you. you so much there you go. Can we get a roll tide on the way out, by the way, or no? Uh, roll tide. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. Matt and Brian King. I think that's our first call from Tuscaloosa. It, it is. We've had well we we have had Maddie Morgan in studio who plays softball for Alabama, who went to Linwood and okay. she's actually having a very good career there. They're one of the top softball teams in the nation. We didn't even get a chance to ask them that. So we do have some Snohomish representation down there now, which is it's pretty cool. So. Seems like it's a long way from here. It's it's not it's not right down the street. Yeah, no, no it's not. And what's coming up next on the big show? We're gonna pay uh, pay homage to Keith Kingsbury, the longtime coach at the uh, at Edmonds Community College. And we'll do that coming up next. It's Prep Sports Weekly on KRKO. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call eight hundred the Law Offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800 0842 One thing that's helped get through these challenging times is a sense of community. Since 1967, Glass by Lund has been an important part of this community. They've been a major supporter of local high school sports as well as the Everett Aqua Sox. And even though the Aqua Sox won't be playing this year, Glass by Lund wants the Sox and all our community to know that they're here for you no matter what. Baseball in Everett will be back, and Glass by Lund looks forward to being a part of it. For the best price, value, and installation since 19. 67 it's been glass by lund online at glassbylund.com are the kids and all this sheltering in place stuff driving you crazy well good news the buzz in is open again for dine-in 
The whole family loves the Buzz Inn, and once again, you can dine in. Choose from hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. And as always, the Buzz Inn is taking extra care to ensure the safety of their employees and their guests. So pack the whole family in the car and get out of the house and into the Buzz Inn. That is unless you want to cook at home some more. Very funny. The Buzz Inn Steakhouse. Always a great deal on a great meal. Finish up your summer with massive savings during the Kendall Labor Day sales event. Going on the entire month at Kendall Ford of Marysville. Shop a great inventory of F-Series trucks and Ford SUVs ready for a new season of fall adventures. Save over $8,000 off MSRP on a new 2020 Ford Fusion Hybrid SE. Get into a new 2020 Ford Mustang EcoBoost for just $26,983. Or get a Labor Day deal on a new 2020 Ford F-150 Super Crew 4x4. And save over $10,000 off MSRP. We're paying top dollar for any used vehicle, making now the best time to trade in and trade up to a new Ford. Stop by during the Kendall Labor Day sales event going on now or get started at KendallFordOfMarysville.com. Kendall, let's start something great. Stock number NC1937, NC2248, and NC2125. All financing and approved credit, all factory rebates subject to change. Price includes $150 dealership documentation fee, tax and license not included. Subject to fire sales, see the for details. Offer expires 9-30-2020. Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. It's bad enough when an on-the-job injury keeps you out of work, but when you can't get the compensation you deserve, it makes a bad situation seem hopeless. That's why you need an experienced workers' compensation attorney, the Walthew Law Firm. They'll guide you through the workers' compensation process and make sure you know all your options. Walthew Law will fight to get you the maximum benefits. They'll talk to you for free, and they don't get paid until you do. Walthew Law has offices in Everett and Seattle. Call for a free consultation. 425-320-5830. 425-320-5830. Or visit Walthew.com. It's the first edition of Prep Sports Weekly here in 2021. 2021. It's, it's too many gonna, 20s. That's going to be a tongue twister all year long. <laughs> it is. Tom Lafferty with Steve Willits. Thanks for being with us here. Week number one. What do we have up next? Yeah, we're going to uh, pay tribute right now to Keith Kingsbury. Uh, for those that don't know, Coach Kings says he was known by his players and coaches. Longtime uh, head coach as well as assistant coach over at Edmonds Community College. Uh, began coaching there in 1969 as an assistant. Took over as a head coach four years later, a position he held for 32 years. And I've got to read some of these numbers. Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame. He's in the NWAC Hall of Fame. He's in the WIPCA Hall of Fame. And, oh, by the way, 570 wins in his career, uh, 18 postseason appearances. They won the NWAC Championship in 1985. uh, Placed over 100 players at four-year schools. Uh, 25 of those went on to Division I schools. Winningest coach in Edmonds Community College history, an absolute legend. And so right now we're going to go ahead and honor Coach Kingsbury. 
And joining us right now to talk more about Coach Kingsbury, we have Mike Broom, who is the head basketball coach over at Ballard High School. Played for Coach Kings back in the day. Not only that, but his father also played for Coach. And Randy Hansen, who was an assistant coach over at Edmonds CC for 16 years under Coach Kingsbury. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Uh, Mike, I want to start off with you. Uh, second generation, so obviously Coach did something right because if, if Dad didn't like playing for Coach, I, I'm assuming you wouldn't have followed in his, his footsteps. So talk to us a little bit about uh, the, the family business, if you will, of uh, playing for, for Keith Kingsbury. Yeah, so my dad, he played for the Huskies in the 70s, and then after his college playing days, uh, played for Brewster Packing, and Kingsbury was uh, a part of the coaching staff there, so it was kind of like a pro-am AAU team. And so I kind of knew of Coach Kingsbury when I was in high school. wasn't as talented as my father. Um, I played at Blanchett High School, and I had a decent senior career, but I didn't draw any interest, and I really wanted to play college basketball. And um, I knew my dad knew of Coach Kingsbury, so I just called Kingsbury, and I said, I'm planning on coming to Edmonds. Um, let me know what I need to do. I'd like to be part of the team. And I don't, I, I'll never forget the day I went home. It was an old-school answer machine. I remember his raspy voice saying, oh, Mike Broom, uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, come see me on your first day of school. I'll be your academic advisor. And that, was, that just made my life because I, I had a home. I had a place that I could play college basketball, even though he's never seen me play. So I remember showing up, and there was a basketball class, and I showed up to the basketball class. And there's like 100 people in the gym, 100 players in the gym. And I was wondering what this was all about. And I, and I find out soon after that that Coach Kingsbury has this policy. And he, doesn't, he doesn't cut anybody. <laughs> so, of course, he wanted me to come there because he's op- open arms. Um, and um, I just I didn't let it bother me. Um, I, just, I didn't have any el- elsewhere to go. Uh, he helped me with my classes. He was kind of there from day one. Um, and slowly but surely, I kind of worked my way into the uh, lineup. Um, he offered me a scholarship my second year, and, and the main thing for me is I didn't realize it at the time, but um, you know I was going to Edmonds to play for Coach Kingsbury, and um, little did I know I was getting a coach for life, and that's kind of what he was about for me. Is um, I was I was more than a basketball player, um, obviously because I wasn't very talented. Um, he found me a spot in his program, and he kind of coached me the rest of my life in terms of pursuing a a career in education and coaching and um, he had a huge impact on me um, and I think I kind of I didn't know I wanted to be a teacher until I met him and then I realized that that's kind of something that I wouldn't want to pass down that ability to make an impact um, in kids lives and he did that for me so I hope I'm doing that for the for the teenagers that I you know that, that are in my life that I that I get to work with on a daily basis. Well, Randy, one thing that strikes me from hearing Mike talk just now, and I know that uh, in putting together an, uh, an article that I wrote for myedmondsnews.com last week, I felt like I was getting the same message from numerous people over and over again, and that's Coach didn't really treat you any differently if you were the superstar versus if you were just a kid walking into the gym for the first time. And it's kind of what it sounds like from from Mike's standpoint in that when Mike was under scholarship, he got treated the same way he did when he just – was trying trying to get his foot in the door, and you experienced 16 years of Coach Kingsbury. Uh, was that the person he was? You know, I'm smiling from ear to ear right now because what Coach Broom just talked about was literally the first practice every year. That gym was so full of guys you didn't know who was coming and going, and uh, and they weeded themselves out. But it wasn't Kingsbury that was running them off. A lot of guys just figured out they weren't good enough or didn't have the commitment or whatever. But if you hung in there, 
no matter what level you were. Mike was a good enough player. He could play, but you could be a terrible player, and if you showed up every day, didn't cause any trouble, not only did you, uh, did you earn a seat uh, on that team, but he'd figure out a way to get you in some playing time before the year was over with. And best of all, for the next 20 years or however long, you're a Triton, and he's going to teach you. He's going to treat you just like he did Phil Zevenbergen or some of these guys that were D1 guys. Um, he was just a loyal guy to anybody that was that was in the program. Now you talk about his loyalty, and I know you expressed that to me last week as well. But one other thing that you mentioned to me was that he was a very competitive person, which obviously we seems to be a. a Something that you find a characteristic in many coaches, right? Talk a little bit about Coach King's and the competitive nature, if you will. Yeah, first of all, I think you're right that uh, you don't go into coaching if you're not competitive, right? Uh, But this guy was a a, a notch above anybody else from a competitive standpoint that that I had ever seen in my life, and I don't think I ever will. And, um, I mean, I'll give you a story. Um, We were playing in an NWAC golf tournament one year, the the uh, Community College Association. And uh, across the fairway from us, about three holes into the tournament, was the high-line coaches. And one of the assistant coaches started popping off about how they were going to beat us like a drum. And instantly, Fred Harrison, who was the head coach back then, told his assistant coach to shut up because you were going to wake up the giant over there. And you could see Kingsbury just scowling, and I'm not kidding you, for the next 15 holes, I've never seen more 20-foot putts drained in my life. And, and we beat him all right, and Kingsbury just turned it on, and he was kind of like a mini Jordan. Boy, you, you um, challenge him, and, and it's over. Well, did he trash talk after that, or did he, uh, was Kingsbury the type that would just kind of sit back and give you a little wink and, and go about his business? His trash talking always came with a wink. You know, <laughs> I, I've never seen anybody in my life who can affectionately trash talk somebody. But that's exactly what he did. Whether it was trash talking totally. or whether it was disciplining a player, um, you never walked away from that guy feeling like he didn't care for you. I, I love how you put that affectionate trash talker. I, <laughs> I remember my second year at Edmonds. I found out, or he told me that he worked out in the mornings, five thirty or six in the morning, and playing racquetball. So I challenged him one time. He goes, "Just meet me up here." It was at the Edmonds Athletic Club, six in the morning. So I go up there, and he's he's sixty, and I'm nineteen or twenty, and he's just running me around the racquetball court. He's standing right in the middle. He's putting the he's putting the ball wherever he wants to, and I'm just running around ragged, and he's just keeping the score and having these funny one liners. And then we ended up continuing that. I'd, I'd meet him out at the club once or twice a week at 6 in the morning, and it was like the best way to start the day for me. Yeah, And, Mike, I know he was influential in your life even after you were done playing basketball there. I, I know you've been the coach at Ballard now for a little while. Uh, how, mo- how recent was it that uh, Coach was helping you with game film and watching some of your players and giving you feedback? I mean, all the way up until, in, until his passing, um, Every kind of step of the way, every coaching um, assignment I got, um, I'd always bounce ideas off of them. Um, and then um, we, we have all of our game films online, so um, he finally turned on his computer. <laughs> he had this joke about he had a computer in his office in, when he used to coach, and he never would turn it on. He made, <laughs> But anyways, uh, 
he would, he would watch game film for my team, and I would call him up leading up to a big game or something, and he'd, he'd give me some suggestions, some advice. And he, he'd even know the players by name, and he would want to know what their plans are. And um, there, on a couple of occasions, I had some players that wanted to play beyond college, and they weren't quite sure what it took. So I, I, always, I had Coach Kingsbury talk to him on the phone about what they need to do and um, you know, what they should be focusing on. So like, he kind of he, he just continued his legacy of impacting, impacting coaches, those coaches impacting players, and he just has a huge footprint on his own. And Randy, I obviously didn't get a chance to know Coach the way that either of you did, but the one memory that I have is being at the Snohomish County Sports uh, Banquet back in 2016 when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame there. And the one thing that struck me is, number one, during his speech, he, he was a funny guy. I mean, he was very witty and a lot of laughter in the room. But number two, uh, the number of players and coaches that showed up to support him that night, uh, I think a pretty solid wing of that building was Coach Kingsbury supporters that came out there just specifically for him. Obviously, the loyalty ran both ways. A lot of people felt very strongly about uh, Coach Kingsbury and the impact he had. Talk a little bit about the sense of humor and just the fact that so many uh, people would come out for something like that. Um, he was hilarious, okay? And he was also very colorful. Is that how we would refer to that, Mike? Yes, yes yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> very colorful. And, um, in fact... My uh, oldest son, who is 36 now, if you asked him today his best part of childhood, he would tell you it was keeping stats uh, during home games because he got to sit close to the bench and listen to Kingsbury. Because Kingsbury was just, I mean, if you weren't playing, you were having fun sitting on the bench listening to the guy. I mean, he just, um, I remember one time we were in a playoff game it was uh, over in Moses Lake, and tie game with 25 seconds to go, and he calls timeout. It's our ball, and he decides to put the ball in Damon Williams' hand. Nice player. Good he player. told everybody, all right, get the ball down the floor at 10 seconds. I want everybody flatten out on the baseline. And Damon, at 10 seconds, I want you driving. You score. You get fouled something. Get us a point. Get us out of here, and let's go home. And uh, so – Inbound the ball, everybody comes up the floor. In about 10 seconds, four guys flatten out. Damon's standing up there dribbling the ball outside the circle. And Kingsbury's kind of saying, all right, Damon, go, 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 and not moving. And about six seconds left, he starts getting more colorful about how he's telling Damon to go. With about four seconds left, all four of us are screaming at him, and he doesn't move. And with two seconds left, Damon just rises up, and buries this three-pointer. I'll never forget two things. Number one, I'm watching Damon, and as he releases that ball, he just turns around and starts heading for the locker room. And number two, as soon as it went through, Kingsbury looked at me and said, just how I laid it out. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a playoff game. The guy's going crazy, and he turns around and just went, just how I laid it out. Hey, hey, Tom, you brought up the um, Hall of Fame speech. And um, I'm sure you remember most of that speech was him asking all of the coaches that coached with him to stand up. Right. And he yeah. spent the entire speech honoring each and every coach at his Hall of Fame speech. And I think that kind of sums up, you know, Coach Kingsbury in a nutshell, that he was just he – was, he was four people. And I can remember so many coaches – when I played, so many coaches coming in and saying, hey – I just want to learn. I want a place to learn, and Coach is always willing 
to let people come and observe, be part of the program, just like he did for me as a player. He did that for so many coaches um, for as long as that, that I've known. Absolutely. Well, Randy Hansen, Mike Broom, thank you both very much for your time tonight and for sharing those stories. And uh, again, our condolences to uh, for Coach Kingsbury and his family. And uh, best of luck to both of you, Mike. I know you've got Ballard High School coming up here in the uh, the future, and hopefully we'll get the Beavers back out on the hardwood soon and getting you guys back onto the court. And Randy, thank you for uh, for all of your service as well. Hey, uh, one last thing, if I could. Um, my last conversation with Kingsbury, I asked him for his blessings to have some sort of a little gathering with uh, ex-Triton players and coaches, and, and he told me, yeah, he thought that would be okay. And the last thing he said was, tell them all I'd be there if I could. That's <laughs> Kingsbury. Outstanding. That's a great way to end it there. Mike, Randy, thank you both very much. All right, thanks, guys. And also joining us to share stories about Coach Kingsbury, Nate Duchesne, great player at Snohomish High School back in the day, went on to play for Edmonds Community College and Coach Kingsbury, Went on to play at uh, Montana, the University of Montana. Coach, athletic director, and now principal at uh, Mariner High School. Nate, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And then Naylan Sood, who is the head basketball coach over at Mount Lake Terrace High School. Uh, redshirted for one year under Coach Kingsbury. Naylan is also the um, president of WIPCA, the Washington Interscholastic Basketball Coaches Association. And that's kind of where I want to start. Naylan I didn't even think to ask you this last week when I was compiling quotes for an article I was writing, but coaches in the Whipka Hall of Fame, and I always think of Whipka as high school coaches, and yet he's a community college coach. How did he get into the Whipka Hall of Fame? I, I guess he's just that good, right? He's in three Hall of Fames. Yeah, yeah, we'd look foolish for not putting people like uh, Coach Kingsbury in the Hall of Fame, but you know that's a really good question because it is interscholastic and it is for high school coaches. But you also think you also talk in terms of who's made an impact on WIPCA from beyond just being a high school basketball coach, uh, not only the coaches, but the student athletes and overall uh, our association and people like uh, coach Kingsbury. Uh, I'd also say Larry Walker. We have numerous college coaches. It's not because of their college success. There's a hall of fame for that. It's directly the impact they had on high school coaches and student athletes. And uh, for people, uh, people like uh, coach Kingsbury, it's a no brainer. And I know uh, Randy Hansen was sharing a, a story with us a minute ago. I know you've got a pretty good one, too. Talk about uh, Derek Wittenberg, who, for those who don't know, the North Carolina State University uh, hero of the 19, what was it, 83 NCAA championship game, or one of the heroes. Uh, you heard him speak recently, and he asked you about a, a coach up here, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And uh, it was back in Raleigh for our National High School Basketball Coaches Association Conference. And uh, Derek went and spoke to us, and he he did a great job sharing the story about his alley-oop pass that he threw to Lorenzo Charles, but everybody that saw that game knows it was an air ball. <laughs> and, uh, and so he got done speaking, and he did. He was a very dynamic speaker. He got done, and I, I went up and introduced myself and thanked him for speaking and the words he shared. And, and he said, Coach, where are you from? And I said, I'm from the Seattle area just north uh, in Edmonds. And he goes, Seattle, Edmonds. He goes, I know a coach from that area. And I said, well... <laughs> There's only about a thousand of us. Who could it be? And he goes, Kings something. And I go, Coach Keith Kingsbury. He goes, That's it. And he looked at me and he 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 tugged at my shirt and he goes, That guy is a character. <laughs> what are the odds? I'd be in Raleigh, North Carolina, listening to Derek Wittenberg speak, and the coach he could refer to was was Keith Kingsbury. He probably met Coach one or two times, but he would say the same thing that all of us would say. Coach was a character, and he was. A, 
when the, when he uh, was made, they 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 broke the mold on that one because uh, he was one of a kind. Yeah, he certainly left, certainly left an impression on numerous people. Nate, the one thing that we haven't really gotten into yet, uh, his actual coaching philosophy and the type of a coach he was. I know you spoke to that when you you actually wrote a letter of recommendation for coach to get into the Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame, and you spoke to his coaching philosophies and what made him a great coach. Talk a little bit about that. What made him special? What made him different to where he was able to get into all these Hall of Fames? Well, first of all, he's a he was a guard, a point guard. So I like that about him right off the bat. Um, but he, he was um, he coached from a a very simplistic standpoint. Um, he taught the game in um, basic terms, uh, spacing and screening and ball movement. And he really didn't run a lot of plays offensively. He did more of um, skills and and just uh, spacing on the floor. And then he really let players go out and play. And I think that's really what drew a lot of local talent to uh, Edmonds Community College is he was really a player's coach. He would get on you. He would motivate you and those types of things. But at the end of the day, he gave you a lot of freedom and let you play. Well, and the one thing that I've also heard this week from various players who played under him, and keep in mind, this was in a different era. We didn't have social media. We didn't have the Internet. You weren't able to put together video of yourself playing and send it to coaches throughout the country. Back then, you had to work a little bit, right? You had to actually pick up the phone or, or get in touch with people and develop relationships. And that's something that he, he did a lot of for his players, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And, you know, he was very honest with um, college coaches, you know, four-year college coaches. Um, and I think that's why a lot of college coaches went to him. Um, there are a lot of community college and even high school coaches out there that oversell their players. But Kings knew that um, it was going to be a, a different experience for kids when they went off to a four-year school. So he made sure that it was a good fit with the coach and the program. And uh, he didn't hold anything back. And um, I think that's kind of what set him apart a little bit there. Nalen, one of the, the quotes that I had from you last week was that you said, he believed in me and thus gave me confidence to believe in myself at a young age. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a unique time when you're leaving high school, and they see this with his students all the time. Mariner, I see it at Mount Lake Terrace High School, and you're crossing that threshold from high school to college, from being a teen to an adult, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old. That's, that's a real unique time, and you're trying to find out who you are. And, uh, you know, um, Nate and I can share the same stories, and we're both two, two different ends of the spectrum. Uh, Nate was a star player there. I never even put on a jersey, but I think Nate said uh, 35 years later, you're still in touch with Coach, Coach Kingsbury. And, uh, uh, um, you know, he he saw things in people that maybe we didn't see in ourselves at that time. I think one thing he did for me, and Coach Otmar also did it, was uh, he taught me how to have good conversation with adults and have an adult conversation. You, know, you spend your whole life and uh, your, your last four years in high school and you're, you know, you see your teachers a little bit, but you saw Kingsbury and, and uh, his staff more often than maybe you saw uh, other teachers or coaches in the past. And uh, he, he really taught you how to, to be a man at, at a very critical time in our lives. And uh, I, I think about that, that uh, I was very comfortable talking to coach and, and spending time with him and picking his brain. And, uh, and uh, he, he helped me become the person I am for sure at that time in my life. So, Nate, for you, as you were becoming a, a four-year basketball player down the road and then later on as an educator, as a coach, a parent, uh, various aspects of your life, I mean, was he somebody you kept in touch with and was he somebody that would oh, often yeah, give you absolutely. advice? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
I've uh, been on a lot of journeys in my life. I've been to a lot of different places. I've coached, uh, you know, at the high school level. I actually um, took over at Edmonds Community College uh, when, when Coach Kingsbury left, and I went to a four-year school. I went back to high school. Every step along the way, I picked up the phone and talked to Coach Kings and uh, just got his advice, his, stand, his um, standpoint on things. I didn't always agree with everything he said, but he would al- always be very honest with me and, and make me look at it from different perspectives. Uh, but I would echo what Nalen said. He's the kind of guy, a lot of people talk about the basketball, a lot of people talk about the character, how funny he was. He's the kind of guy that, um, you know, talked to you about other things that are important too. I mean, he was a great husband and father. Um, and he, he talked about that a lot, especially as I got a little bit older and um, talked about his wife and just how, how much he cared for her and, and the importance of family. So he had a lot to offer, and, and it was always fun talking to him because he always made you laugh, too. No matter what the situation was, I would start laughing at the situation, and uh, then he'd always say, what are you laughing at, Duchesne? <laughs> but he just didn't realize how funny it was well, and speaking of his wife, his wife Alice, who also passed away last year, Nalen, I, I wanted to ask you this, and I don't even know the timeline, so maybe it won't match up, but now I'm curious. Alice was a home ec teacher at, at Mount Lake Terrace High School for a number of years. She was my home ec teacher back in the day, and I, I'm kind of curious now, did she overlap when you were the head coach there? And if so, if you ever needed to get to Coach Kings and to maybe you know just kind of give a little nudge, hey, this this is a player I need somebody to look at, would would you ever make your way down the hallway to her classroom and see if you can't help somebody out and get, get a put a little bug in her ear? Or? Well, you know what? She was there, and we did overlap, but I never needed to do that because he knew the cults of high school basketball, not just in the West Coast, but also with the Northwest League, the Metro League. He knew it better probably most of the high school coaches did. And uh, it's funny because uh, Mrs. Kingsbury, and, and like Nate said, she Coach Kingsbury taught us about how you have a healthy, good relationship with your wife while the demands of our profession take us in different directions at time, uh, uh, she wasn't Alice to him. She was Suge because she was a sugar. And, uh, and they had a, they had an amazing coach wife relationship, which is not easy, but, uh, she also taught a senior project at Mount Lake Terrace high school. Coincidentally, Roger Russo, who was a really good player for us in the early two thousands. Anybody's followed Wesco remembers the name. He was doing his senior project one day and coach Kingsbury really wanted to get Roger to Edmonds. Roger's a good player. Uh, coincidentally, he showed up the day of uh, Roger Russo's senior project presentation and was in the room. And I think that was the greatest example of recruiting uh, ploy or knowing how to get an angle to recruit a kid that I've ever saw. So he was in there and he asked Roger some uh, questions about Roger's senior project, which was coaching a youth basketball team. But Coach was in there, and I think I think Shirk gave him the, the inside scoop about what time Roger's presentation was going to be so Coach Kingsbury could be there and the public came in for that. But uh, he had such a great pulse of, of knowing who to recruit and how to go about recruiting them and the connections to make. Uh, I don't think a lot, of, a lot of kids that were recruited by Coach ever said no. Um, you hoped you were going to be recruited by him or at least talk, by, talk to him. Well, Nate Duchesne, Nalen Sood, thank you very much for your time tonight. I know uh, – somebody who was near and dear to your heart and very special to both of you and who no doubt had a lot of influence to uh, both of you becoming who you are today, which is, you know, we've got a principal, a educator, two great coaches on the line here, and no doubt uh, his influence lives on through both of you, and we appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. Thanks for uh, continuing to talk about Coach Kingsbury. We appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Tom. We're both honored to do this. So there we have it. Uh, 
Keith Kingsbury, again, passing away last week at the age of 80 after a long battle with cancer. Legendary coach at Edmonds Community College, certainly having an impact on really thousands of lives if you start to look at it in terms of the players he coached and how he helped mold them into uh, better people and just a phenomenal guy and will be missed. Snohomish County Sports Hall of Famer. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Ace Hardware Stores on Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood by Glass by Lund. The Buzz in Steakhouse, the law office of Russell Hill, and by Screen Printing Northwest. Who did we have on the show tonight? We had Robert Polk, the athletic director from the Everett School District. We then heard from the King brothers, Matt King, who is our Russell and Hill KRKO 1380 Male Student Athlete of the Year for 2019-2020, along with brother Matt King, who is also down at the University of Alabama, former Everett Silvertip hockey player. And then we had our tribute to Coach Kingsbury. Uh, joining us were, were Randy Hansen, Mike Broom, Nate Duchesne, and Nalen Sood. That is it. We will be with you next week and all during this school year. For Steve Willits, I'm Tom Blafferty. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. K-I-K-O. She stood there bright as the sun on that California coast. He was a Midwestern boy on his own She took his hand and she led him along that golden beach They watched the waves tumble over the sand They drove for miles and miles on those twisting, turning roads
Bob Seger, Hollywood Nights. Turn up the music. The station really makes me feel good. KRKO.